All right, folks, you are listening to the Ishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Judea to the world, and you're a part of it wherever you are. Shalom and welcome to Malka Fleischer. Shana Tova Umetuka. Shana Tova Umetuka, which means Happy New Year and a sweet one as well. Yes. Happy New Year, everybody. Wow. Yes. You know, a lot of people, Yishai, will probably be listening to this show while they're making their holiday preparations. That's right. That's right. I've spoken to men and women who are like, I'm just cooking, cooking, cooking. Yeah, already? Yeah. I spoke to Mike Foyer yesterday, Rev. Mike. He's like, yeah, I'm just cooking and freezing everything right now. Good for the... Do you know that he's the cook of the house? Do you know that? There's a lot of men in your life, Yishai, who are cooks. Absolutely. And all kinds of stuff. My brother. My brother. Yeah, your brother likes to cook. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people. Yeah. Zeb Orenstein likes to cook. Yeah, sure, sure. I don't think Alex cooks. No. He used to cook. Yeah, I don't think he... Uh, I think he does grocery shopping. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I do the dishes, though, yeah, right? you do some mean dishes, I'll yeah. tell you. <laughs> I always want... I always like when it comes to these times, I'm always like, I wish I had like one dish that I did make. Well, sometimes if I'm feeling really horrible, this happens maybe once every five years, you make amazing toast. Yes. With butter. Yeah. Yeah, but I think I think I got to get back into it. I, I got to get back into into like Abba's signature dish, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my father had a signature dish. Yeah, what was that? He he would. It really happened like once every eighteen months, something yeah. like that. My father would make pasta. My father went to medical school in Italy, so he thinks of himself as like a tiny bit Italian. So not that he would make his own pasta or anything, or really do anything. That really was cooking. But what he would do is he would he would boil pasta and then he would put like tomato sauce on it, but more like tomato paste yeah. and like a lot of butter. I think that was it. <laughs> but it was so good. <laughs> and we all enjoyed it every 18 months. Okay. Uh, my father used to make uh, borscht. Really? Oh yeah. That's a quite a complicated. It was a dish. serious business. Yeah, he would he would seriously do the borscht. Yeah, the you got to chop the little things. The whole thing, the meat, the whole thing. It was a meat borscht. Oh, a meat one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was the meat borscht. That's right. That's right. That was good. On Sukkot, I make like a quasi meat borscht that everyone ever. I have to say, it is not your father's, you know, recipe handed down through the gulags and all this stuff. But every time I make it, if we have a Russian guest, they're like. Oh, this is so good. <laughs> Maka, uh, I got it from the Spice and Spirit cookbook, which is, and that's Chabad. And Chabad is basically a Russian Jewish religion. That's right. And therefore, it is borscht from the Gulag. Maka, it's almost uh, Shana Tova, Rosh Hashanah, yeah. and uh, the country's getting ready for it. I feel a little bit like I'm like, I feel like I'm. You know, if I use a baseball analogy, I feel like I'm trying to slide into home. Yeah. But it's more like I'm trying to slide into second base, really. I'm like, oh. you know, trying to steal second Well, you here. just got back from your big trip. Yeah, I got back from a trip. I'm a little discombobulated. And it was a good trip. It was a lot of good stuff. Um, but a little discombobulating. Right. It's hard to go, I feel like, on a trip like that in the month of Elul, and especially like at the end of the month of Elul. Yeah. Because um, and there's a lot to get done you here. Know, it's like it cuts in the middle of your like shvon. Yeah, it cuts in the middle of the shvon. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I'm a little. I'm a little like, <laughs> you know. And, All right. and you still have time. You yeah. still have time. Yeah, and there's a lot to accomplish here. 
Uh, for myself, there's a lot of uh, construction and beautification stuff at the Tomb of Ruth in Ishai and around right. there in Hebron and, and beautification and uh, uh, um, biblical Israel Biblical Highway stuff. So a lot of work is, is, is being done. And on the country level, we're also going elections soon. Uh, there's news now that uh, Prime Minister uh, Yair Lapid wants to announce Israel's support for a Palestinian state from at the UN. I don't know if it's y- like an announcement. You know what I? You know what I don't like in that sentence? Any of the words? That right. Just I don't used? like Yair Lapid, <laughs> Palestinian state at the UN. I don't yeah. like any of that. Any of that. <laughs> There's nothing about that sentence that I don't like, okay, that I like. There's nothing about it that I like, nothing. It's just like, it's just like, uh, you know, and no, you know. No, no, and no. I mean, the good news is that a lot of Israeli politicians are coming out publicly and saying they don't, this does not represent what we think. It's all sham. It's all sham, okay? Because the state of Israel is allowing this thing to happen. I was listening to this on the news and I looked in my rear view. I was driving Wait, just now. Wait, what's a sham? That they're against it. It's all. It's all a sham. They're all part of of this slow uh, creep towards a Palestinian state in Judea and Samaria, which is going to lead to wars. It's going to lead to the loss of our land. It's it, it's the encroachment is being either uh, you know stood up against by one you know kind of person. The system is not giving the person the army strength, and and it's our our state of Israel is not blocking stopping the take land takeover and encroachment i was listening to the news as this was being announced today the Lapid, the yeah. Lapid's going to the and end. i looked i was driving in the car i looked behind me in the rear view mirror and i saw a palestinian license plate on a brand new range rover i see that yeah. i see that like four times and a i day. thought to myself i thought yeah. to myself this is all like this is all academic like it's it's there there is a a takeover happening of our land and okay, they're just announcing what they're doing anyway. You know what I mean? They're doing it. They're allowing it to happen anyway. The ambivalence about of the state of Israel towards Judea and Samaria has allowed first the Oslo process, then this Fayyad plan of the slow creep takeover uh, of our land, and it's just happening. And now, okay, they're like talking about the reality. You know, uh, I was in I was in America talking to my good friend Joe. Yeah, and he's like, and he's like, you know, we got to stand up against anybody who says anything about you know dividing Jerusalem. I said to him. You know, yeah, of course we should, but like, I want you to know they're they're allowing it to happen in reality, not in words. That's what they figured out. These politicians just say whatever people want you to say, and at the same time, just allow whatever you really want to allow to happen. So, yes, and then on the other hand, mm-hmm. you know, I was driving down the street also, especially here in in Judea. You really see a lot of Palestinian Authority cars. And the percentage of cars that I have seen recently that are like new, cool, and awesome, and like expensive, in the Palestinian Authority license plate, has like increased tremendously. I don't know what just happened, but there are a ton of new Palestinian Authority gorgeous cars that that people are driving around. But uh, but okay, aside from that, I just want to no, s- let me make a caveat yeah, though. Yeah. I have nothing against Arabs or Palestinians owning good cars no they but, you earn the money you get the car that's, i got no problem with that that's that's uh that's good capitalism but, right but, but that's like, not what this is about no 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 that's not what i'm talking about i'm saying that that part of the rhetoric is is the downtroddenness of the palestinians and how we have to like create them something you know good and we have to we have to uh you know do hard compromises so that they can have a life of uh of dignity and what i'm saying is like my car is like a good 18 years older than their car. 
And if I'm not, I would never call myself downtrodden, but I wouldn't definitely not say that I also don't live a life of dignity. And the reality is, is that their, their fine, their finances are doing incredible. That's what I'm saying to you. They are, they are, they are succeeding. They, they, what you could see it outwardly that they are succeeding. Right, but uh, there's also, but you can also sense that there is. But I don't. European, I don't want to talk about them. Yeah, so much. exactly, exactly. I don't want to talk about them so much. the The truth is, and it's it's really it's not about them, and not in a not in a mean way, and not to dehumanize them. It's just it's not about them in terms of this conversation, and and you know, as we see all these these cars driving around, I also think to myself, you know, I look at the Jewish enterprise, and right now we're in a little bit of a slump because we have this just really horrible leadership. And the truth is, I'm not even excited about these elections. I'm probably the least excited about elections that I've ever been. My mom just gave me a talking to. Yeah. She's like, she's like, I saw that people are saying that they're not going to go vote. She's like, when you don't vote, you vote. You're right, voting that's right. I totally for agree the bad with that. guys. I totally agree right. with that. Right. Um, and she gave me a real like stern right. talking to. And I, to I want people to know I will not be voting for Likud. I'm going to say that out loud. I'm not going to be voting for Likud. I know that that it's like a big discussion as to whether BB is right wing or left wing. I I consider and and it's not because I hate Likud. I actually like Likud, and there's a lot of great candidates in Likud, but I cannot vote for them. And the reason I can't vote for them is because they're like white rice. They're like the bulk of what's going on on your plate when when they come into a government, but whatever topping you stick on there, that's the flavor. Mm-hmm. A little spicy ketchup. Um, I was going to go with like a curry or like a sloppy joe type of action, barbecue sauce, something like that. Mm-hmm. Very different flavors, right? So Likud, it could be a Lapid Gantz or it could be like a Shas uh, religious Zionist. What? I don't understand what you're saying. I'm saying that that the whole Likud can make coalitions and it's shown itself that it will make coalitions with absolutely anybody. Uh-huh. And therefore... Maybe not merits. Maybe not merits. But maybe yes, merits. That's the thing. They will make a coalition that Far will that will work. Party, that right. will work for them. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you can't vote for them. You have to vote for the flavor. Mm-hmm. You have to vote for either your your hardcore left parties, if that's what you're down with, which I'm not, or your more hardcore right parties. You know, Maka, we had elections in Hebron for uh, Hebron leadership just now. Yeah. Um, and then I was talking to people in Hebron. I said. Um, we also have elections Sunday night. This Sunday night, they're like, they're like, what do you mean uh, uh, elections this Sunday night? I'm like, yeah, we have elections this Sunday night. They're like, w- w- they're, and then everybody's like searching their calendar, and people are like, what election? And then they're looking through their calendar, they're thinking about it, and I'm like, Sunday night. I know who I'm voting for. Right, and I'm talking about Rosh Hashanah, and that's when we choose God, accept God, and also. God has to choose us as well, right? He has to choose us we as well. We make so, him the king. Right, we make Ha-me-le. him the king. Right, we, we anoint him, and, and thereby, therefore we, he anoints us as his people. So I said to him, you know, let's not forget that election. Everybody's like, yeah, you're right. Like, again, we're like, we're trying to steal second or maybe slide into home. Everybody's like, ah, you know, <laughs> there's definitely a feeling like, like this-, this year. This summer just came and went suddenly, you know? It was like a long summer, right? But suddenly it just came and went, and here we are. Uh, on this time horizon. Um, and that's it, Sumaka. Tell me about Rosh Hashanah. How are we going to get ready for it? Well, I tell you that I'm actually kind of, I have more joy in my heart about Rosh Hashanah this year than I think I've had maybe in previous years. Really? I didn't even yeah, know about because, this. Because I've been learning more about Rosh Hashanah. 
And I hope I can organize my thoughts to tell you. It's like Rosh Hashanah is called Yom Hadin, right? The day of judgment, which is the kind of word that sends Jews into like an inner trembling, right? The Jews get nervous about a judgment and you go into Rosh Hashanah thinking, oh man, my whole year is being sealed for right now. But, you know, I, I've been to some classes. I've been listening to some, some talks. I went to Rav Shlomo Katz's uh, shiur on Rosh Hashanah. And it really got me thinking. And his shiur was about how, um, how you're supposed to connect to Rosh Hashanah. And, you know, a lot of people go into Rosh Hashanah and they're listening to Shofar and they're like crying and thinking about all the things they did wrong this year. And he says that, that, that uh, according to the teaching he gave, that it's really not the right way. Uh, because if you look through the text, and he also recommended, I agree with this, that everyone look through their machzor before the day comes. Just just flip through, take five minutes, and look at the at the verbiage that you're going to be saying over the course of the day. And really, um, there's not a lot about teshuva. There's really there's not like all that much about like how much it's not not about teshuva. There's not that much about like the sins that you did. Well, it's not it's not a it doesn't seem like a repentance text. Right. It's not like a repentance text. And the idea of Rosh Hashanah is that you are crowning the king. Hashem becomes king again. I learned in previous years that on Rosh Hashanah, there's like this one moment. I always wait for this one moment. It's one of my happiest times in the year. Between the next, between the past year and the, the, the new current year. And in that one moment, like Hashem decides yes or no on the world. That's the judgment. And when you take a deep breath in your new year, Hashem has already decided Yes. Hashem already decided yes for the new year. Right. And it's really a cause of tremendous celebration if you think about it. Right. That and and I have to say, it's something I say every year, but I want to say it again. When you get to that moment where the new year has come, you can know with absolute certainty that last year, when you were crying and praying for a new year, that Hashem should forgive you and give you another chance, that Hashem said yes. Right. That that year that you just <clears throat> had, Hashem was like gave you a big fat yes to your to all your prayers and and forgave you, and that is such a beautiful a beautiful beautiful idea. And that really when you're when you listen to the shofar this year, it shouldn't be with a lot of like self loathing, but rather it should be Hashem is the king of everything, not of just me, not of just the Jewish people. He's the he's the king of the whole world. And really, Rosh Hashanah is a day of judgment for the whole world. And for the whole creation. And that if you can understand that Hashem created the world and that he created the everything, the existence, the, the, the concept of existence, and that therefore he created you, there is something in you which is absolutely good, which is absolutely perfect and which is, which is untouched. And that, and that that part of you is the part of you that connects to the the greatness of Hashem. And that when you listen to the shofar, you should not think to yourself, oh, I'm so bad, I'm so bad. You should think to yourself, oh, I'm so good, I'm so good. But I did uh, some things, you know what I mean? I did some things and I and I need to account for them. And, and all the evidence comes before Hashem. That's what's really happening on Rosh Hashanah. Your file, you got a file. And the file is like 
with the ink, you know, that's not with pencil, it's with ink. And, and it's now sitting in front of Hashem. And so it's the day where the judgment begins and you, and you have, of course, until Yom Kippur and then in Hasidut and in Kabbalah, we learn that actually you have past Yom Kippur and really Hashem accepts Teshuvah uh, at any time. And when you start to wrap your head around these things, you realize that Hashem is so incredibly merciful and he gives us so many chances and he wants us to get close to him and he wants us to get closer to our own perfection. The in, uh, of course, no person is perfect because we can't actualize that perfection. It's just not part of how we, we are supposed to operate. But if you understand that inside you are a piece of Hashem and that Hashem is the king and that it's all good, then you realize that Hashem is, is very, very good and that he understands that you're a person who, who doesn't do everything so perfectly and he, he, that's your operating system and that it's all okay and that you need to come to the idea of judgment with that kind of happiness and with that kind of love um, with that kind of appreciation and gratitude for Hashem that you know that he wants to uh, wants to forgive you. And they say that if you come out of Yom Kippur not happy, if you come out of Yom Kippur feeling like, oh, that didn't really work, then you're right. Right. But if you come out of Yom Kippur being like, I believe that Hashem is is a forgiver that Hashem wants to forgive me that he that he built into the entire system a day where he's like listen I'm gonna forgive you on this day you just try really hard I'm gonna forgive you you do all the steps and I'm gonna forgive you if you come out of that day and you're like I Hashem I feel great about that I believe that Hashem forgave you that's when you can can really access that forgiveness um, because because when you realize the nature of what Hashem is who Hashem is then Hashem is sweet and nice to us mm. The world needs a little bit of prayers right now, I think. It does. I think it, it does. does. And I think also, like, like right before Russia shut down, they're talking about a, a, a nuclear war, like, with, you know, Russia's threatening to... Yeah, it's bad. It's just like, uh, yeah, you know, we don't bandy around uh, nuclear threats. That That's just not cool. I mean, you started this war anyway, like, you... Uh, Russia, you, you mean? Yeah, it's like, right. it's like, maybe you were, maybe you can claim you were provoked, but, like... Just, just chill out a little right. bit. I don't think, I don't think Putin is a chiller anymore. I don't yeah. think he has that. Yeah, yeah. I think something, something's taken over him. Uh, I don't know what it is, but or, but, uh, or Hashem is is putting in place yeah. things that need to happen, and uh, we need to pray very hard, and we need to look out for each other. Yeah, I just like it, at the moment where where Putin is, th- is threatening nuclear war, and there's a Biden in the, in the United States that's doing who knows what. That's when we need in Israel a strong, you know nationalist clear you know clear voice instead right. it's a like a vision for our for our future right. yeah instead we're like, yeah uh, we're just deciding right now that we want to take our biblical homeland and i don't know maybe i know a lot of people disagree but maybe we should make a you know a state of the guys that we you know how we worked it out in gaza and it's it's just like it's okay just like, well that's i mean this is an interim prime minister who really has an, a tremendous chutzpah to go to the un and make such a speech really it's it's the height of audacity I have to really blame Naftali Bennett because him taking position as prime minister was also the height of audacity. And when you create a an atmosphere like that, then that's the atmosphere. You create it, a new paradigm. It reminds me of the Second Temple period where where where, where Cohen Gadol's the the chief high yeah. priest were like it was like a paid for right. Position. They would buy their their positions. It's just like, yeah, really? it's bad. Come on, it's is very that... very bad. And but but now is sort of a good time to have that. Uh, in the Jewish calendar, because we can really introspect and we can really think. I want to give people also a couple, uh, like one major tip 
for Rosh Hashanah, or it's from, it might be a little bit Israeli. Malka's tips You might not have this problem in, in Chutz La'aretz. Yeah. In Israel, here's don't, my... Don't forget we're also giving tips to the international Torah community out there. Right. I think they have this problem even less, but, but I'll tell you what it is. In Israel, there's a big problem of people like needing to be first. Like when you're get like when you're in a lane and it's merging. It's, P.S. There should be no merging in Israel. They should work out a way to this never have not, merging. We're, is, we're not those people. This is not a nation of merging. Okay. Yeah, we do not merge. Um, well. But on roads where you can't help it, and and there's merging, you always feel like you have to be first. If there's if there's a, a something some kind of line, you feel like you have to be first. If there's some kind of thing to do, you have to be first. If there's there's a, there's this feeling, and so my hack for the next few days is to let other people go first. If there's like a if there's like a um a merge on the highway, which I'm about to do because I'm about to drive into Jerusalem, I'm gonna let the other person go first. Okay, a little bit of not me first. A right. little bit of the other guy first. Right. That's my that's my personal small hack for Rosh Hashanah up until Rosh Hashanah. Just a little bit less me, me, me. Mm-hmm. Which is exactly like how we got into this position also with these prime ministers. Me, me, me. They want to be prime minister, right? And it's not about the good of the country, and it's not about what Am Yisrael needs. It's about themselves. And we need to focus a little bit more on the nation, on the greater good. Here's my life hack for Rosh Hashanah. Assess all the stuff that you have in your head yeah, and all the things you're dealing with, and then just go, it's all good. Just thank Hashem. It's all good. It's all good. Have a piece of toast. Thank Hashem for everything. <laughs> There's been and, a lot of toast in this yeah, episode. That's right. And just and just just be really just thankful to Hashem for the good people in your life, for the good for the good place that you live, and of course be thankful for your beloved Maka Fleischer. Uh, <laughs> that is what I'm thankful for, really. Uh, and uh, it was uh, it was a I was in America for like nine days altogether, and it was just it was just a long time. It was a great yeah. trip. I met a lot of people. I connected with a lot of people. But I just want to thank you very much, Malka. You have to go to uh, your work in Yerushalayim. Yes, I want to dedicate this segment. Oh. I want to dedicate this segment. It is my mother's yard site. Yes. Today as we're recording this, Leah Batfega. Her neshama should have an aliyah, mm-hmm. along with all the other great souls in Shemaim, mm-hmm. uh, who I'm sure are still working and trying and doing their best up there. And I hope that we will do our best down here and make them proud. And I'm sure she's sending you and, and our kids blessings, Malka. And uh, her neshama should have an aliyah, and her memory should be strong. And we're going to make a kiddush on Shabbos for yes. her. That's right. We'll I'm make a kiddush. Some new, some new seed durum for the shul. Nice, nice, good job, mommy. Yeah. Oh, you know what I want? I want this kitzer shulchan aruch. Uh, this is a legal compendium, but they're putting out a new. There's a new art scroll, kitzer shulchan aruch. Okay. It's a, it's it's a, it's maybe, a nice maybe, book. Maybe for the aserah uh, <clears throat> tshuva. Thanks, Malka. That yeah. would be nice. <laughs> that would be nice of you. Thanks a lot. It's really nice. Art Scroll, great company there. All right, folks, we'll be right back with a little Table Torah and um, and thank all the good folks that make the show possible, uh, like Yochevet Seidman, Moshe Herman, Ben Bresky, Tabitha, and Lou when we're live. Uh, I want to thank them and, and all of our sponsors. We'll get to it in just a little bit. Malka Fleischer, thank you so much for being with us. Yes. Lots of love and a Shana Tova. Shana Tova umetuka. Umetuka. Easy preparation. Send me your recipes. That's right. Enjoy. All right, we'll be right back after this and more. Shalom. Don't worry, the Ishai Fleischer show will be right back, so stay tuned. All right, folks, Ishai Fleischer here, and I want to thank you so much for being with me. 
I want to thank also all the sponsors of the show, like the good folks at thejewishpress.com who put out our show every single week through their great email, The Jewish Express. Uh, I want to thank, so that's jewishpress.com. I want to thank the folks at uh, Israel365, israel365.com, israel365news.com, and their great uh, Israel Bible found at theisraelbible.com. And if you put on coupon code Yishai, you can get for 10% off an awesome a Bible with Hebrew, with English, with transliteration, translation, transliteration, not the same things, and also great commentary about the land of Israel, edited by my friend Rabbi Tully. Amazing work and, and an amazing cover also. It's just, it's something proud to be in the house. My good friends at uh, Retro Watch Guy, who puts out such a, he, he like, he addicts me with his, um, uh, w- with his excellent, excellent Instagram page, and just cool watches. And if you like watches, and if you like, you know, we men, we don't have so much gear. You know, men, boys with their toys, whatever they say, big boys with their big toys. It's just like cool watches. And also from a different era. And and it's just, you know, and I didn't even think of it. Some of these watches are like 50 years old, but they're cool and they're and they're just beautiful. And, and they give you that that style of the 70s, uh, whatever. There's many styles, but I, I, I like some of those. I, like, I, I saw a beautiful Omega watch just now that was really cool. And check it out, RetroWatchGuy.com. He's a Zionist, the lover of Israel, and give you a Shabbat watch that'll make a, a great difference. So that re, That's RetroWatchGuy.com. Uh, and our good folks that make delicious soulful soul food. That's right, soul food for the Jewish soul uh, found at ProhibitionPickle.co.il. Great graphics, great food, great neshama, great tastes, and great holiness at ProhibitionPickle.co.il. Get that Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah menu going, and or maybe maybe you've already prepared for Rosh Hashanah, but there's a few more things that haven't been made yet. So check it out at prohibitionpickle.co.il. Uh, maybe you need a little, you know, a little spice, a little spirit, that kind of thing. Uh, and who else? Finally, HebronFund.org. What an honor and a pleasure it is to work for the Jewish community of Hebron. Uh, nothing like, nothing like. Protecting and connecting. Protecting and connecting. I like that. I'm going to tell Dan Rosenstein from the Hebron Fund. Protecting and connecting uh, with uh, the Tomb of the Patriarchs and Matriarchs. Protecting and connecting. I like that. I think, I think they, they got to... I'm going to use that slogan. Protecting and connecting uh, the fathers and mothers with the fathers and mothers, uh, the founders of our peoplehood, and therefore the story of the Bible, and therefore the story of the Jewish rights in the land of Israel. It's like a chain of events that comes out of a chain of thought events that comes out of supporting and strengthening Hebron. Really, it's uh, it's an amazing kind of chain along the way of protecting and defending, and then and then becoming part of the biblical story and and seeing it into the future and spreading it. Speaking of the Bible, uh, just a little bit of speaking. You know, in English, you could say Bible, you could say Scripture. We call it the Torah or the Tanakh. And just a few minutes here of, of table Torah. Um, this Torah portion is um, it's a different it's a different mode than than the other Torah portions in the book of Devarim, uh, and uh, interestingly, I, I want to say that I found that Rabbi Yoshua Pinto, Yeshayahu, it's a Yeshayahu Pinto, Rabbi Pinto, uh, who's a who's a uh, influential rabbi these days, he uh, has a system by which you're supposed to read the whole book of Deuteronomy of Devarim on Shabbat. And it takes like two, two and a half hours. Actually, it took I tried it and didn't. It took it took me even more time than that. But like you just read through it, and you know it's a skula. It's like a it's like a it's like an energetic thing. And I want to say to you that like I've always said this, 
the book of Dvarim needs to, I, I, I like totally connected with what Rabbi Pinto says because I'm just like, I've said this forever. The book of Dvarim needs to be read, read out loud. Like this is the book of Jewish like philosophy. You got to believe this. You know, we're like, we're like the book of Genesis. You have to know it as the foundational stories and, the, and, and so, so too with the book of Exodus uh, with Shemot. And then there's all the commandments of, of Shemot and then Leviticus and then the stories of Sefer Bamidbar, which I love, which are the political stories. But like the Jewish philosophy, that's Sefer Dvarim. And here we have a Torah portion of Nitzavim, which um, has, has just foundational emotional pieces you know it says for example um uh, it says for example here's verse 12 leman hekim follow god so that so that he can raise you up to become a nation today and he'll be onto you a god as he has spoken to as he swore to your forefathers and, and to abraham isaac and jacob and abraham isaac and jacob Make a big splash in this week's Torah portion. There just there's a refrain: Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And and it's just like we're we're starting to go towards the end of the book here. We want to give you all the promises and the blessings. Go back to the root. Go back to the founders. I guess that ties into Hebron a lot, doesn't it? Uh, the the if you start like if you start looking for it, you'll see the land of Israel in the whole Torah, and then you'll find also the forefathers in the whole Torah, and that comes together in Hebron. The land of Israel, and uh, the the founders. I'm going to be there today, later on today, and I'm, I just what a hopefully Bezrat Hashem. What a schud it is to 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 really to try to bring those two things together: the land of Israel, the forefathers and mothers, the faith in God, the 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 the, the knowledge of Jewish rights in this land. It just it just comes all together through this kernel, this like un, you know this hard kernel that so many efforts try to break, but but really uh, can never disconnect us. The Torah portion always also says. That that the covenant is made with those that are with us here today and those who are not with us today, because because it's not it's about it's about that generation and it's about further generations. Like we all make a covenant coming up this Rosh Hashanah. Prepare for a covenant. Prepare for a covenant with God, uh, and that's really what it's about. It's you know we we talk about anointing God and all that kind of stuff, but like it's hard to understand what that means to anoint God, like. He's really the boss and the creator. So I think the, the easiest way to understand it is like, I am reaffirming the covenant. That's, that's what this Rosh Hashanah is about. I think, I think those are the words. Reaffirming the covenant. Just that simple. Just say, just say it out loud right now. I reaffirm the covenant. Just say that. Whoever you are, Jew, non-Jew, wherever you are in the world, just say these simple words. I, I reaffirm the covenant. That's what, I'm, that's what I want to do this Rosh Hashanah, I want to reaffirm my faith, support my efforts, my my heart. You're ready to be a soldier for it. Uh, I'm ready to sacrifice for it. And all that, all these words all come together through just this one thought. I'm reaffirming my covenant with God. I reaffirm my covenant, therefore, also with the Torah, with the nation, with the story of Israel. I reaffirm my covenant. All of us need that strengthening all the time. I, I guess in part that's why we're listening to this show, right? Because because we want to we want to inside reaffirm that covenant, all of us. And I, you know, I know who listens to this show, and I could you know think of some of my best friends and 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 and, and some of you know uh, you know people that I've never met before, and they could be Jewish, they could be non-Jewish, but anybody's listening to the show is 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 in their heart 
wants to be part of the story of Israel, wants to be part of that covenant. So let's just let's just say to ourselves right now, like with all of our challenges, with all of our health issues and financial issues and time issues and family pressures, like I reaffirm the covenant. I reaffirm my covenant with God, with Israel, with the story. I'm part of it. I'm part of it. I am part of it. And nothing could detach me from it. And even even personal issues and even whatever life's you know, whatever life throws at me, like I reaffirm my covenant with God. That's what I'm doing this Rosh Hashanah. And I'm therefore also reaffirming my covenant with the nation, with the land, with the story. And I'm going to push the story forward as much as I can in our time, in my time. And then we have a section here, which is so, um, well, let, 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 before I get to that section, actually, there's a famous verse here, which is, Hanistarot l'ashem elokeinu. The hidden things are to Hashem our God. Vehaniglot, but the revealed things, lanu ulevanenu adolam, to us and our children till eternity. to do to fulfill all the words of this Torah. And by the way, I say this to anybody who has a, a religion which has somehow thrown off the commandments of the Torah. Look at verse, chapter thirty, verse twenty-eight. The hidden things are to God. The revealed things are to us to fulfill all the words of this Torah. This Torah has never been replaced, never will be replaced. The verse says it clearly, like to fulfill for eternity the words of this Torah. So I'm saying this to my friends who, you know, uh, if anybody has any any faiths that undermine the validity of the Torah as it is, just here's, you know, here's the verse. Like this is an eternal covenant, this is an eternal Torah. Uh, but the other part of the, the phrase there is that the hidden things are to God. The, the, the world is really, at the end of the day, in the end, the world is a mystery. Why God created the world? Why does it look the way it looks? Why do we have souls inside of these bodies and with all of our challenges and all of our thoughts? It's, it's really mysterious at the end. We could, we, could, we could peel away at the mystery a little bit, but at the end, the mysteries are mysterious. We're not going to know all the answers. Uh, and so therefore... Uh, the hidden things are to Hashem, but ours is the revealed things, to take care of business and to move the project forward. And then the, the end of the Torah portion has the very famous verse, verses, group of verses, about, about repentance and the connection of repentance to the return of the Jewish people to the land of Israel. Both of these are incredibly improbable, friends. The 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 gift of repentance. And here I want to tell you, I would have not come to this conclusion by myself, but the rabbis, the sages, make a big deal to explain that the that the idea of repentance is a gift. Is a gift. It's a big gift that God says, I will cleanse you and you can repent. That is not something we could take for granted. That is a gift that God put into this world that he didn't have to. He could have baited in strict judgment. You did a bad thing, you get punished. God's like, no, I, I, I'm teaching you that I've given a gift into this world which is called repentance. It is an unusual gift. It is, in a sense, counter to the laws of nature. All right? It's it counter to the laws of, of, of uh, thermodynamics, right? Uh, it, is, it is counter to, 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 to uh, what goes up, what comes down, and laws, the laws of you know, conservation of energy. Whatever it is, it's like, it's like you do a bad thing and boom, you get it back. That's the, na- that, that's the natural law of things. But God says, I will accept your repentance. I will turn your sins into, into the things that made the path towards repentance. And that's, a, in a sense, a very improbable thing and a great gift. I think 
I think. This is not, now here's me personally, my thought, which is on the on one level, this is what the um, reincarnation of the dead, the re um, uh, right, the rebirth of the dead, that's actually tied deeply into the concept of tshuva. There is a rebirth that happens because God has put into this world this concept of repentance and you can be a new person. You could be reborn and new opportunities could open up because God reopens them all the time because he allows for the process of renewal through the process of erasing sin. And that leads to, erasure of sin leads to eternity. Because if you could get eternally, if you could get cleansed, then you can replug into the eternal, which is God, and then you can become an eternal nation that keeps going even though it fails, it gets back up again. Uh, that's the sign of the moon as well, which is it goes totally dark and then it lights up again. And it, and, it, and it allows us to be reborn. And so that's in here, the, the concept of repentance, hasn't it the concept of eternity? No, I would say, I would say the concept of repentance is connected to the concept of re... re uh, What's it called? The Tchiatame the, team? The, um, I think I forgot the word for it. It's not reincarnation of the dead. It's the, uh, the rebirth of the dead. Resurrection. The resurrection of the dead. Sure, resurrection. What happened to me? Not reincarnation. It's, it's been a long week. <laughs> I still have a little jet lag. So uh, the resurrection of the dead. Uh, and so, so tshuva connects to resurrection because it gives you a new opportunity, a new life to be reborn. And that connects to eternity. If you can be reborn, you can replug into the eternal even though you got disconnected. That's that's to me the kind of this 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 triad of 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 the way to to renew the covenant or to reaffirm the covenant. Uh, it's like I repent, I therefore have an eternal resurrection, I, I I'm I'm reborn inside, and that plugs me into the eternal. Uh, and I think it's very, very important. And and the other side of those verses is that if you repent, Jewish nation, then God will ingather you to the land of Israel. Right? And it says, if you repent, and if you, you repent unto God, you hearken his voice, then Hashem will ingather your, your, your uh, uh, remnant and will have mercy. And he's going to he's going to return and to ingather you from all the nations. Which he, which all the all the nations that he sent you to, to to be exiled there. So it's like, okay, I repent, I have resurrection inside and and, and a new life. I connect to the eternal. God says the greatest sign of that is that after a certain kind of death, which is called exile, I will ingather all of you people. I will gather my nation Israel to the land of Israel in repentance to serve God on this land. Like, like that is the ultimate sign of repentance, renewal. You know, like we have these signs inside of the temple where like the red string turns white, all kinds of things that show that God has accepted our repentance. There is nothing that shows that God has accepted the repentance of the world like the re- the, the return of the Jewish people to the land of Israel and the rebirth of the land. It's, it's, it, it, is, it is itself a sign of redemption 
resurrection, rebirth, acceptance of, of forgiveness. It is itself a sign of the acceptance of the sacrifice. Do you remember the, the, the very beginning uh, of the Torah, the story of Cain and Hevel, where, where, where uh, Cain's uh, sacrifice is not accepted, but Hevel's is? When a sacrifice is accepted, that's the greatest recognition that God is in this world, that he loves us. There is no greater sign that our sacrifice has been accepted, that our, that our repentance is, is being accepted in heaven, than this sign of the Jewish people returning to the land of Israel. It is a sign of global redemption uh, with all of its birth pangs that are accompanying it. And the sages themselves were like, whoa, that's a lot of birth pangs are going to come when, when the time comes. And indeed, we are the generation that has the great merit to live in it. So these are some of the thoughts that we have uh, for this Shabbat, for this Shabbat, for the Shabbat uh, preceding Rosh Hashanah, uh, and uh, this is the Rosh Hashanah show. May we all, this Shabbat and this Rosh Hashanah, experience that 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 feeling of that that reconnection, reaffirmation of the covenant, that that sense of uh, rebirth, and the belief. That indeed we are living in a time of revelation. This is a time of great and unbelievable revelation. And when there is just no more words to explain this feeling, the sense, the majesty of this whole thing, there's just one thing left, and that's called a shofar. That's called a shofar. So here's my trusty new shofar. It's a, I have this little little war shofar that I bought recently, and I think that uh, it itself has uh, the, the most important things to tell us. And if you understood all the things previous and you just have a, a feeling uh, and there's no way to express it, I think this is the only way to do it. So let's do it. Let's do that again. folks that's my Rosh Hashanah blessing to you and that was my shofar blowing uh, here in the land of Judea thank you very much to all the folks that make the show happen thanks again to Ben Bresky Yocheved Tabitha um, who else did I oh Moshe Herman and Lou for making the show happen thank you for your love and support thank you to Krista who gave a, who gave me a lot of coffee and therefore I'm super hyper caffeinated uh, and she did that through buymeacoffee.com forward slash Yishai and thank you to all our supporters that give weekly and monthly through either buymeacoffee.com forward slash Yishai or through the YishaiFlesher.com page and hit the donate button for the projects especially that we're working on to, for, to beautify the land of Israel and to strengthen it. Thank you for all the people who are, who are with us uh, and march along with us in the covenant, uh, in the Brit, in the Brit between us and Hashem and, this, and the revelation that Hashem is giving in our time and fighting forward to... to to have this baby born, to have this child born, to, to raise this child and to be part of this great time to complete the world uh, in, in God's great vision. Hashem, please give us the strength to continue on this path and to not be dissuaded, not to fall. If we fall, please pick us up, God, and give us the strength uh, to fight your wars, to make your vision come true in this world, in this time. God bless you, folks. More great stuff is on the way. Stay tuned. Stay strong. And stay connected. You are part of the story wherever you are. Lots of love from the land of Israel, from the land of blessings, the good land, and shalom.